everybody. I'm so excited and so happy to welcome you all to season four of Catch Some Z's podcast. To those of you who are returning, I am very appreciative of your patience. I know I've been on hiatus for a couple months now, a little bit longer than that, Um, but I appreciate you sticking around and waiting for season four. And for those of you who are new, welcome to the family. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to introduce this season that I've been working on during this hiatus. It is called Back to the Basics, if you have not noticed already. (laughs) And I'm just really excited to talk about all the things that we're going to be talking about this season. I've got a bunch of special guests that you'll be able to meet this season. And I've just been doing a lot of growing. I hope that you've all been doing a lot of growing since last we spoke. And... I don't even want to wait any longer. Let's just kind of jump into it best as we can. So as some of you have already noticed this season, we are taking things a little bit differently. I'm expanding the podcast universe, if you will. So if you haven't already uh, joined the YouTube family, please get on over there and subscribe to the Catch Some Z's YouTube channel. We are on TikTok. We are on Twitter. We are on Pinterest. Of course, we are also at CatchSomeZ's.com. You know, the purpose of this podcast was always about documenting my own journey of growth and hoping that that can inspire those of you, uh, you know, who are listening, who are tuning in. And from those of you who have been here from the beginning, you'll see how different social platforms have grown. You were here before there was a website. Um, I'm not saying that any of these platforms are perfect, including this podcast, but what I am saying is... The growth is evident, okay? So stick around and you're going to continue to see us grow and develop. Okay, (laughs) so moving on into the content of today's episode. Um, Today's episode is titled How to Pursue Your Passion in 90 Days, and that is directly lifted from the book More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroff. And... I want to tell you about, you know, like the story of me getting into this book, why I read it, when I read it, and the lessons that I took from it. So the summary episode, by the way, is on YouTube. So that's another reason for you to go check that out. But I think you should stick around here to really get into the meat and potatoes. Um, So I started reading the book in March, April-ish of uh, 2021. I was waiting waiting on... um, my car. I was at the dealership getting it serviced. And at the time, um, I was incredibly stressed out at my job as I had been for the six months prior. And I was also kind of trying to find a way to like scratch my creative entrepreneur itch that I had. And it felt kind of right to read the book. Um, then I, I bought it, you know, like a while, a while ago. Um, But I hadn't read it yet because 
the way I consume content, like music, movies, books, all of that, like I have to just be in the mood for it. I can't just aimlessly engage in certain media. Um, I have to be like just in that kind of headspace. And so I, I think I was in that headspace and I said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and start. Um, and I follow Elaine Welteroff on socials. And so like, I know, you know, like her personality, I know a little bit of her story, um, from, you know, what obviously she shares on social media. And, um, I, you know, I think she's pretty inspiring and she first came to, uh, I guess, she got my attention when she was announced as the first black editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue um, back in uh, ooh, 2016, I believe. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and I just kind of been following her since then. And so I saw, you know, when she was in the process of writing this book and then when she was like on the book tour and stuff, and it was just all really cool. So last year I read Michelle Obama's Becoming. And so folks said that this was the millennial version of Becoming. And I'm like, all right, I'm millennial. Let's go. Let's do it. So I, I got here. Um, <laughs> and you know, I also am somebody who really enjoys reading, we're not even just reading, but just like hearing people's stories and them sharing their experiences about how they get from point A to point B. Um, if you couldn't tell again, by the nature of this podcast, because I'm also documenting that journey for myself. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, I'm always down to hear what folks were thinking when, you know, us, the rest of the masses were watching their lives kind of play out on a public stage what was going on, you know, in their head to them behind the scenes. So uh, I'm not going to, you know, like ruin the story for you because I definitely suggest you read the book yourself. But I did highlight some quotes that really, really spoke to me because um, there was a, a, f <laughs> a few parts in the book where I felt like she was uh, yelling at me. And then there were a few parts in the book where she just was able to articulate feelings that I've had or am currently experiencing that I just haven't been able to articulate so I was kind of like damn okay true <laughs> um so for those of you who either have read the book or plan on reading the book I'll be taking a lot of quotes specifically from chapter nine the college crisis um and for those of you who don't know, I, I work in higher education, so I'm dealing with college students a lot, or rather every day. And this was also an on-time read because I was reading this as a lot of my students were getting ready to graduate. And, you know, my graduation was not so long ago either, so I was kind of able to relate a little bit with some of the concerns and the worries that Elaine was expressing. And I was also able to share some of her wisdom with my students as well. So... Um, she talks about being a communications major and not having like a clear career plan for post-grad. And she knew like when she got to college, she wanted to have it all figured out for the most part by the time she graduated. And then suddenly graduation was a couple of months away and she did not have the answer she was looking for. And so the quote here, um, she said, with only one semester left, I used graduation as a deadline to figure out what the hell to do with my life. And girl, don't I know it? Because those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, um, you know, I started this podcast right after I graduated undergrad. The main reason why I pursued my master's degree was because I did not have a clue of what was happening. And I know most people who are able to pursue graduate degrees kind of have a similar, um, have a similar thought process. So um, already we're relating really hard to Elaine. 
Um, and then she went on to say that trying to figure out how to pursue your passion in 90 days sounds like one of those best-selling self-help books or viral TED Talk. But ultimately, in practice, it was more like being lost in a dark room and not knowing if I'd ever find my way out. So, obviously the title of this episode. But she also cites specifically this time frame because she was... Um, she found out that she was graduating a semester early, right? So she got into her fall semester senior year and then her advisors were like, oh, hey, good news, you can graduate. And so she was like, damn, I thought I had till spring to figure it out. Now I only have until the winter time. Um, and so at which point that's when she kind of had to buckle down and uh, focus and focus in ways that she you know, hadn't done before. And she was requiring a lot from herself in order to get the results that she was looking for. So she talks about, not going out to like parties anymore. Um, not that she was a heavy party girl or anything like that, but you know, just kind of sacrificing the social life to stay inside and do some very thoughtful introspection. This was also an opportunity for her to get rid of shallow friendships that weren't serving her. Um, she also cites becoming extremely comfortable with her solitude, as well as strengthening her faith and getting used to uncertainty. So I know a lot of my listeners and myself included, um, you know, we like to think that we are good with uncertainty and change and surprises. And when we're met with them, we probably all react very differently <laughs> um, to them, depending on the circumstances. But for those of you who did go to college, um, in, even even if you didn't, those of you who just kind of knew or know that you have expectations for yourself but you're very unsure of how you're going to get from point A to point B, uh, you feel this, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, you're, you're, you're trying to get answers, right? Folks are asking you all the time, like, oh, what are you going to do? What's the plan? And it's not that you're not constantly thinking about these things because you are. You just don't have the answers and it gets very, it gets very stressful. It gets very... Uh, like anxious, you get anxious, um, it can make you sad. You know, I tell the story all the time about wrapping up my fall semester of my senior year and my mom casually asking me, okay, what's the plan for graduation? And then, then I started crying. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I wasn't sad or anything, you know, like I was in a okay mood beforehand, but that was a question I had been asking myself the entire semester. And now granted, I didn't, you know, stop doing all the things like Elaine said, but I also wasn't like really doing a lot of that anyway. But, you know, I just, I, I thought that by the time senior year came around, I changed my major to business, you know, I would have a better understanding of what it is I wanted to do. And, and then I didn't. And I thought that was a reflection of me not being focused. So for my mom to ask me that, uh, I started crying. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. And like I said before, didn't have an answer by the time I graduated. So I said, okay, let's go get an MBA. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know a lot of folks, you know, we, we, we feel that when we don't have the true answers that we're, we're looking for. Um, something that she did say, Elaine said in the book was, quote, while this period was scary as hell, I was certain that even then, that it was also absolutely necessary. And when she did finally get confirmation of, you know, what she was going to move into doing, she said it was so clear and so prescient. So ultimately it paid off for her, but it didn't, 
it didn't pay off even in the way that she thought it was going to look like, right? Because she still graduated in December. She didn't have like an actual um, career focused job. You know, she was working and then she kind of had to use that time, that three month period to focus really heavy. And then at the end of that three month period, she didn't get the ideal result that she wanted, but she was still now placed on a path that was going to get her to where she needed to go for, you know, next steps. Um, and she was able to kind of regroup at that point, make a new plan that made a lot more sense, that gave her a lot more time to figure things out um, and gave her more space to be intentional about her pursuit of what she wanted. And that then led her to a lot of eye-opening epiphanies, a lot of really niche opportunities, um, but also, you know, still putting her in positions where she had to challenge herself, challenge her own uh, doubts and worries and pursue things that she wouldn't have thought to pursue had she not spent those three months getting really focused and really specific about what she was going to do next. So what I can say, though, um, another piece that spoke to me a couple pages later, she said, just like that, after months of feeling lost on a dark, depressing path, it was as if a light bulb went on. This is it. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Um, I read this quote and I became very jealous, I will say, because throughout my collegiate career and the years following, um, I had not had any semblance of a light bulb moment like that. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely find myself being like, damn, I wish that was me. When folks are able to be like, you know, they feel in their gut, they feel in their heart, like, oh, this is it. And again, like I said before, she didn't have this light bulb moment necessarily, like right when her three months were up. Um, but she had it along the way and it took all of the, I don't want to say redirections, but I guess redirections is probably the best word. It took all of that for her to get again to the point that she was looking to get to. She then went on to say what had been so foggy and unclear for so long had suddenly come into focus. I had my answer and it came with an inexplicable electrifying feeling. I looked up and thanked God. This was my sign. I followed it and I never once looked back. Um, again, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to spoil the book for you. I definitely encourage you to read it. And even if you don't read the whole thing, read this chapter because it's very good, especially those of you who are just coming out of uh, college or in the transitional period of your life, uh, especially professionally. Um, because, you know, again, like I said before, I found out about Elaine Walderoth as the first black editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. What she's talking about here now is kind of setting her on her path into the editorial magazine industry. Now, I'm this is not a formal review, obviously, but I'm talking about this. And, you know, she's no longer the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. She's now an author. She's now a co-host on the talk for on CBS. She's been on Project Runway. She's doing a whole lot of things, none of which were necessarily... Um, things that she was working on, at least on her, on her journey, at least not in the traditional sense. Like it wasn't explicitly, these are the kinds of things that she was doing. Um, but even her magazine and editorial journey, that was something that she came to after kind of taking audit of who she was, what her interests were, the things that she was into as a child. 
Um, and kind of then looking back on her childhood and seeing similarities to the things that she was doing back then, putting them into context now, kind of, I guess, in the adult slash real world. Um, and she did that and then was like, oh man, like, hold on. I have been on this particular path my entire life. I just never realized it. And I think that is the premise that really spoke to me um, from the book. And that is ultimately what inspired this season because it was in that her, like I said, looking back on the activities she did as a child, the things that just, you know, brought her joy as a child. And then tying that into the things that brought her inspiration into her adult years and then finding a way to do that as her career that was getting her paid, you know? And so we always hear about, um, especially someone like her, right? Who's in a, a creative, creative adjacent industry. Um, you always hear about, you know, you have to put in your, put in your time, but also, you know, take all the opportunities you can get, not because you know, oh, just be grateful for anything, but simply because a lot of the creative spaces, especially, um, one thing kind of spills into the other, spills into the other, spills into the other. And then you kind of find yourself doing something that maybe it doesn't have an official name, but that's what you're into. And uh, so she was talking about that. And especially, again, the part about her looking back at what used to inspire her. I was sitting there reading it and I was like, oh, damn, uh, I think I know exactly what we're going to be talking about season four. So uh, we're starting this particular episode with this, with this book and this information, just because it was after I read that section and I just had started taking notes and writing down uh, just the things that were speaking to me. Um, I said, hold on. I think that's going to be ultimately the theme for season four. Um, how do we, focus on what we want to do in life by looking at, you know, who we are. I, I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know that for me in my life, <laughs> um, when I was younger, I had a lot of big dreams, wanted to do a lot of things. I was into a lot of different things. And, you know, when folks, adults ask you when you're a child, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, the younger you are, the more space they give you to dream big, right? And then you get older and then it starts turning into, okay, well, think about how are you going to support yourself? How much money are you going to make? Blah, 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 blah. All these things that, yes, they matter, but like, do they matter to the heart? You know what I mean? Like, do they matter to your soul? And <laughs> we prioritize the pieces uh, that, you know, that contribute to society and less to our just development as human beings. And so reading this book, one, like I said, helped inspire the theme and the content of this season, but it also helped me kind of identify, uh, or rather it helped me put some more pieces together in a puzzle that I guess I'd already been working on. So I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, real fans will know, <laughs> but uh, I did a discussion sometime in season one about the Ikigai exercise. Uh, which was um, a Japanese-inspired exercise where you find out what your purpose is by looking at um, things that you are good at, things that can get you money, 
and things that the world needs. And it's like a series of Venn diagrams. And then at the intersection of all of it is like what you're supposed to be doing. And I did it uh, two years ago, three years ago, at the end of 2018. And it's it was pretty accurate as far as like, I was able to do like the outer Venn diagrams and be like, okay, like I'm good at these things. Um, these are some things that I can do that will make me money. These are things that I enjoy. But I still had a hard time identifying that the the middle intersection of you know the purpose piece and I didn't I guess let it get me down but I guess what I've done since then I've just kind of still focused on the out the outer circles so I haven't I guess I've been cultivating the external parts of that so I've been cultivating the things that can make me money I've been cultivating the things that the world needs the things that I'm good at but like not all at the same time and this book kind of helped me hone in on that inner on that inner circle. So shout out to Elaine Wettelroth for that. <laughs> and I do plan on, again, using this particular platform of mine to continue to explore that for myself, but also for those of you who, again, if you're finding yourself currently in a transitional phase, if you are feeling very like, what the hell do I do with my life to make any of this like mean something? Um, I would argue that this season is for you and I want you to continue to stay tuned. So that is where this is all coming from. So the good news is I am no longer trying to identify what that inner piece is. I do believe that a couple weeks after I finished the book, I was working on some things, working on this, working on that. And I did have a light bulb moment and I said, oh, okay, yeah. And I had been spending time thinking about, you know, what I like as a child, uh, what were my my hobbies, my interests, things like that, favorite movies, um, and doing all of that, plus reading this book, plus dealing with the stress of my job, it all led to, I guess, my answer. And even just actually a few weeks ago, um, I had another, I guess, light bulb moment, but this time it was like in my heart and in my soul, <laughs> um, where it was kind of like, oh, this is absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's just no other alternative. And so I'm really excited that I came to that point. And I guess one of the other, I guess, uh, the special, the reason this season is so special is because I am going to be sharing that with you all, um, little by little throughout this season with, um, a pretty significant announcement at the season finale. So if you don't stay tuned for anything else, stay tuned for that. <laughs> and um, I want you all to, again, ideally identify those things for yourselves. If you haven't already, I can tell you that a lot of the guests, all of the guests that I have this season, uh, I'm exploring that with them too, just because, you know, we've been talking throughout this year, you know, we are still very much in the era of the COVID-19 pandemic and people's lives have changed in a variety of ways, you know, and not to downplay at all the effects and just everything that's happened, all the negativity that's come out of the last year and change. Um, on an individual level, I do know that, you know, people are people are getting reacquainted with themselves and learning to take care of themselves in a way that they haven't before. And so the folks who I've uh, invited 
this season onto the podcast in our conversations I've seen them really take that seriously for themselves in, in a variety of ways so whether it's you know professionally whether it's uh in a in a mental and emotional health capacity whether it's a bunch of different ways um I brought them on the show to kind of talk about that and we're all going to talk about who you know who we were as kids and our interests and things like that and how we used any of that to inform our current adult decisions <laughs> and get to where we are today in our lives. So that's what I'm doing. And I want you all to go on this journey with me, with us, and figure those things out for ourselves. And I will be asking you all questions that I want you to marinate on um, at the end of each episode. Think about it and answer for yourself, or you can tag uh, catch some of these Instagram, catch some of these Twitter and with your answers so we can engage in a better discussion. So for today's episode, I want to know, um, especially for any recent graduates or anybody who's about to graduate, um, or if you're just, again, in a transitional phase of your life right now, think about something that you could sit and talk about or work on for hours. doesn't matter what it is, but what is that thing? What is something that you could just get lost in doing. And it, again, it could be anything. It can be Minecraft, <laughs> Animal Crossing. Um, it can be uh, knitting, if you're someone who likes knitting. If you are someone who creates video essays for YouTube, it could be that. And if you do do that, please let me know so I can watch them because I've been very into video essays this past few months. Um, it can be collecting stamps. <laughs> um, it could be playing a sport. It could be something creative. It could be like I could sit and talk about the economic impacts of the transatlantic slave trade. It's pretty heavy, but if that's your jam, that's your jam. Um, literally anything. Think about what you could talk about for hours. What is it? And please let me know one way or another, whether it's on the Catch Some Z's Instagram, the Catch Some Z's Twitter, anything. Let me know what it is. I know for me, someone asked me this question like a couple of years back. <laughs> At the time, my answer was Beyonce. Like, oh my gosh, I was at a TGI Fridays. I'll never forget. I was at a TGI Fridays and I was talking to a group of people. I was talking to my theater friends um, and they were like, what's the thing that you could talk about? And I was like, that's an excellent question. And I just really got into Beyonce, like the brand though, not just, you know, the music, but Beyonce, the brand. Um, and this is, this was before Lemonade too. Oh my God. Imagine Lemonade had come out anyway. Yeah. So that was my answer. Then my answer now is probably still like similar. It's probably... Mm, definitely like entertainment adjacent. Um, hmm. It's crazy how I asked you all this question, but like didn't think about it for myself. <laughs> well, I, I say entertainment adjacent because like I said, I've been watching a lot of video essays and I'm just very into right now, like the intersections of the media that we consume and its impacts on our everyday culture and vice versa. And so whether that's movies, whether that's music, uh, whether those are stories from, you know, hundreds of years ago, things like that, I'm just really into how folks' art impacts society 
and how society impacts folks' art and just what that cycle looks like. Um, I think it's just really like, I think it's really powerful. Um, and in that I'm also discovering like a variety of art forms as well that I just would not have discovered otherwise. I already told you all I'm very back on Tumblr. I'm on Tumblr heavy right now. So I follow a bunch of dark academic blogs, but I also follow like a bunch of like the pink pastel blogs and also a little bit of sugar baby Tumblr. So it's a good little mix going on right now, but everyone just has all these really neat thoughts and then seeing how these thoughts translate into film or how certain things were interpreted from the poets of years ago. It's just really, it's really neat to me. So that's right now what I guess I could talk about. And that's really vague. <laughs> I recognize that's really vague, but it's the truth and it's my truth. So that's what it is. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> uh, well, folks, this is all I have for you for season one. Like I said, I'm so, or excuse me, episode one. And like I said, I'm so happy to be back. We are in for just a really exciting time. So make sure you listen. If you like the episode, make sure you leave a nice little review wherever you are podcasting. Head over to the YouTube for the condensed version of this conversation. And I will see you all in the next episode. Talk soon. Catch you later. <laughs> Quick uh, editors creators note to close out this episode to wrap it up um you'll have to excuse the just the editing the sound all of that I was troubleshooting this episode literally up until its release time um I (laughs) my friend my dear friend Niall Walker um assisted me with some editing and some sound effects and we had a really spicy episode together And at the last minute, a hiccup came and I had to revert back to the raw data, the raw footage. I was trying to use my new microphone and be real professional for everybody. And basically, my accountability came in the way. So please excuse all the background noise. You hear trucks, you hear ambulances, you hear a lot of my breathing. The volume is not the way it should be. There's just a lot going on. Nevertheless, we move. Okay, so (laughs) next episode. We'll be back to regular standard business um, and we'll just continue to grow and improve from there. But don't think I don't care about this because I do. Um, But I do also like to make sure y'all have a solid listening experience. And this unfortunately was not the way I intended it to be, but it's okay. We will simply do better next time. Thank you for listening (laughs) and I'll see you on the next go round.